So, we spent a couple weeks in 1 John. Forgive me, I'm fighting a cough. So if I sound like I'm trying to hold a coffin, I am. But, so we spent the last couple weeks in 1 John. I've been going, we've been going over the gospel, and the gospel has led us to the love of God, because that's, in my opinion, the foundation of the gospel is love, because Jesus was motivated by love in what he did for us. His motivation was for us to come back to each other, to have that relationship again, where there is no separation. He paid for it all, and he did it out of love. He did it because of love. Now, a lot of other things go along with that, and we've been covering, jumping around, covering things, but the love thing is typically on my heart, and I just want to keep going with it, because it's, it's, it's so important, because if we don't believe that God loves us, if people out there don't believe that God loves them, we need that revelation so we can share that revelation, Right? I didn't think God loved me for a very long time, so how am I supposed to go out there and be like, God loves you, brother. He doesn't love me, but I bet he loves you. Silly things, right? Like, we have to... We have to believe what he says is true. Because if we don't, we're just ineffective. He wants to be effective in our lives. He wants us to grow. But if I don't believe... What's he supposed to do? Right? If the Lord told me, Jay's got the answer. Go talk to Jay. And I've been praying something out for a long time. Lord, I'm seeking here. Lord, help me. Show me in your word. And the Lord says, Jay's got it. And I go, Jay doesn't have it. I guarantee Jay doesn't have it. Jay couldn't possibly have that answer, right? But we can have that same attitude towards God. God, you can't possibly understand. You can't possibly love me the way you say you love me. We can build such walls up in our life that we shut out the only thing that can help us, the only one who can save us, the only one that can move us forward. So yes, love is of the utmost importance. Utmost, because people are going to walk through their whole lives never realizing the love of God for them. And that's sad. Because the revelation of the love of God just opens every door for you. The revelation of what Jesus did for us and the revelation of the Holy Spirit, his role and the power that's available to us opens doors, changes lives. It changed my life, so now I can help change other people's lives. And that's the goal. That's, that's my heart. It isn't just for me to sit here in my room and grow and grow and grow and grow and just want to explode, but ah, I'm good. There's no fulfillment in that. There's no purpose in that. It's good. Yes, we need to grow, of course. But it's so we can share so we can reach out. 
And just for me, the love of God is that. And so we were in 1 John the last two weeks, and we came across abide. And I want to continue in that a little more in John 15, the Gospel of John. 15, we'll start in verse 1, and we'll just see how far we get. So right off the bat, I love what he says. This is Jesus speaking. John 14, 15, 16, these are the last instructions, right? This is important stuff. Important stuff. Jesus can die soon, so he's sharing all this. This is where we get a lot of our Holy Spirit foundation in, this, in these chapters. But it says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. There are others claiming to be the true vine. I think you could put the Pharisees in that category where follow our way. It's our way. Our way. Follow our way and you'll succeed. And then here comes Jesus with a radically different message and he says, I am the true vine. There's no other source but Jesus. He is the true vine. He is the only one that can give us life eternal. He is the only one who died for us, who rose for us, who sits at the right hand of the Father, who paid everything for us. There is no one else. It's only Jesus. He is the true vine. He is the true source. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So I want to go back to the beginning there. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So in the Greek, in the Hebrew, there's one word can have multiple different meanings, depending that's why I love looking up definitions of words. So if you look up this what take away, every branch that he does not that does not bear fruit he takes away. In the strongs, it means to raise up. I'm not lying, it's there. It's a different form of a way. It means to raise up, to elevate, to lift. Because our God is a God of grace. Our God is a God of love. If you're struggling in this life, I don't believe God's just saying, cast them off. Cast them off. I don't believe that's the truth because I believe God has given us all these things, all this power, all this authority, all this wisdom, all this knowledge, and if and if we're struggling, he just shuts the door on us. I don't believe that's the God we serve. So if we were to read it, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. As in caring for it. I love gardening. Right? If your tomatoes are laying on the ground, they're going to rot. They need to be supported. Certain plants need to be supported. 
Things need to be supported. We need to be supported in this life. And he is our support. And we'll get further into it, but understanding that and learning that really changed my perspective. It's not just you're failing, you're, you're out. You're struggling, I got no time for you. That's not what it is. I believe every effort is exhausted in this life to help us grow to help us come to the knowledge of him. Now, do we receive it? And do we accept it? Do we believe it? Do I believe that even in my worst time, God was trying to help me? Yes, because his Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I could have very easily just been cast off, cast away. But that's not God's heart for his people. I know, because I can look back and things have been revealed to me. He was there and he wanted to help. I was just shutting him down. I was turning my back on him. He was not turning his back on me. So, I hope that ministers to you and I hope it blesses you because it blessed me. But he wants to elevate us. He wants to help us. He wants to pick us up. Don't ever forget that. He's here to help. We don't have to struggle. This life doesn't have to be a struggle. But I do need to abide in him. I do need to give him proper, his due respects, his due deserves. Because it's only in him, and we're going to get there. (coughs) Excuse me. So, we'll just read two again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Everybody's seen the apple trees that just look wonky, right? Because if you just let it go, you'll get some apples. It'll be nice and beautiful and round, Right? It'll look really nice. But as you continue to let that go, as you continue to let every little branch come, every leaf come, all it's doing is sucking more and more and more of the reserves and the energy that are coming up from the roots and feeding the tree. So it it looks really nice. It looks very full. But the point is, is to bear fruit. The point of an apple tree is to give us apples. And if that tree is not pruned, and if that tree is not taken care of, it will bear less apples than it's actually supposed to. Pruning, it's a cutting away, right? It's a shaping. It can look funny. It can, some of these old apple trees, I've seen them. One branch going this way, one branch going this way, but they're loaded with apples, right? It's loaded with fruit. It's doing what it's supposed to do because it was helped along. There was an understanding there that, you know what? If I trim this, and if I direct energy to just certain parts instead of all, 
I can get a better yield. And you don't think God understands that in our lives? He's saying to me, son, you're trying to direct your energy into too many places, too many directions, too many things. And sometimes he has to come in and say, you need to stop. It's not what I asked you to do. It may be good. Intentions may be good. But am I just trying to look good? Is my appearance of, oh man, look at all these things he's doing. What a holy guy. God really must be working in his life. But in actuality, I'm just burdening myself. Burdening myself with good things that I'm not seeing fruit from, that I'm not seeing God working in, but they're good things. That's why it's so important, and I'll just, I'll preach it until I die, is we have to be led by the Spirit of God. Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's what we're supposed to be doing. That could be for somebody else, I don't know. But God needs us focused. He prunes us. The King James says purge to cleanse, to prune, to expiate. I didn't know what that word meant, so I looked it up. I love looking up words. I'm sorry. You guys have to bear with it. But it's, it's really helped me in my walk. It's really helped me in my understanding. So to expiate, I love Webster's. It just says to make amends, to extinguish the guilt, To put to an end. So he's our source. Right? We're talking about a vine here. He's our source. He is the vine. We are the branches. And he prunes us to make us bear more fruit. To make us useful. To make us grow in relationship. That was, I know everybody's heard it, but that was a hard talk I had with God when he told me, I'm sorry, you're not useful. I love you. I want to do things in you. I want to do things for through you, but you're not useful. And I had a moment where I was like, well, all right, that's it. But thank God, the Holy Spirit rose up inside and he said, you can be useful. I can help you. We can walk this out together and I guarantee I can make you effective. I can guarantee I can put something in you that's impactful. But I had to understand that I wasn't there yet. I had good things in my heart. I wanted to do good things. But I'd filled myself with a good 15 years of garbage. There was really nothing good in there to share. I was ticked off. I didn't like people. I wanted to sit at home by myself, be left alone, and watch everybody else's lives on TV. Pretty fulfilling. And then I would blame God. Oh, God. Why are you doing this to me? It's always God's fault. It's always God's fault. God, why don't you help me? Well, funny, I didn't want his help. 
right? So there's a process here, but none of us are too far gone. All of us have time to be impactful for this kingdom. I don't care how old, I don't care how young, and everywhere in between, there's opportunity. But it comes with understanding that he's the source and staying connected to the source. Staying connected to the source. Verse 4 says, abide in me. Last week we talked about abiding in him. It was to stay, to be present. I love that one. That one just clicks with me. But to stay, to be present, to remain, to abide. Do not separate yourself from the source. It's funny, our emotions can really dictate how we associate with the source, how we associate with God. The hard times, God isn't there. The good times, great. How about we stay connected to the source at all times and utilize the source at all times so we can walk in wisdom. We can walk in knowledge. We can walk in authority. I don't care if you're going through a hard time. You still have authority. I don't care how hard it is. You have the spirit of the living God inside of you. What more do you need? But when it gets tough, thankfully I'm changing, but I would just revert back to myself. The old self that just struggled at everything, didn't accomplish anything. Why do we step away from the source? And this is something I, this is just, just a blanket statement. Why do we choose to step away to disconnect ourselves from the source? I don't care if you don't understand, do not connect, disconnect yourself from the source. Abide, remain in him. Be present. Verse four says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Now this is Jesus speaking. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We can try and manufacture all we want. We can try to control. We can try to manipulate. We can try to bring about results in our own strength all we want. But when we go down that road, we've disconnected ourselves from the source. We've separated ourselves. Because Jesus said it. Outside of me, you can do nothing. Well, outside of him, I can do nothing. How about with him? How about with him? I would say the opposite of nothing is everything. What's my perspective here? Do I want to step outside to nothing or stay attached to everything? Stay connected to everything. Be present with all things, right? Be present with the Holy Spirit who searches the depths of God. 
what more do we need? But that's the challenge, right? The challenge is saying, Jesse, shut up. That's the challenge. I apologize if you don't say that in your house. It's saying, Jesse, be quiet. And it's saying, Holy Spirit, speak. It's removing myself from the equation and saying, Lord, speak. What do you want? What do you need? What am I supposed to be doing right now? And if he says, go talk to your brother and forgive him. What? I'll do anything but that. All these different things, right? I'm going to bring somebody across your path. I just wanted you to tell them that God loves them. I'm going to bring a server across your path. I want you to say, God loves you, and give her a very nice tip. I got the very nice tip part right. But I didn't tell her God loves her. And I went back to make amends, and I never saw the woman again. Dang it. Right? It's just these moments. It's these little moments. It's abiding in him because when we abide in him, we hear him. When we're abiding in him, we're hearing, we're seeing. Seeds are being planted of him. He's growing in us. Relationship is growing and I can just, I can see much better. I can hear much better. I can feel much better. Verse 5. I'm the vine. Anytime you see vine, just put source in there. I am the source. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is Jesus speaking, not me. I don't like verses like that. I didn't like verses like that. What about free will? What about all this stuff? Yep, you got it. You have it. But you're going to serve somebody. You have free will, and that free will is going to serve somebody. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to abide in the vine? Are you going to let him prune you? Are you going to let him produce the fruit in us that is necessary to be effective? Who doesn't want to be an effective person out in the world? Well, maybe some people because they can't see themselves doing that. Well, I'm just this. Nope. I don't care what position you are in this life. We can all be effective because we all have people around us that need Christ. We all have people around us that need Jesus. So who are you to say I can't? Why not dig a little deeper and say, all right, Holy Spirit, let's do this. All right, you talk about power and authority. Let's get this figured out. I'd like a little power and authority when I leave this room. I 
I want the boldness and confidence to see somebody out on the street who's struggling, who's sick, who's hurting, who's missing an arm, and just walk up and say, I want to pray for you because I believe I can fix that. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I want to see people who are struggling and the Spirit of God rise up inside of me and say, help. Help them. Help them. And I help. And we help. Because it isn't just about me. It's about all of us here. Because together we're in unity. And we can be much more effective. We can meet, reach much further because you live in different areas. You know different people. What if God just said, you know what? Why don't you bring luck to Christ? Luck. Luck's not very big. Right? See, where does our mind instantly go? Does it go to, eh, it's just luck? Or does it go, yep, I bet you there's a lot of people that need Christ and luck. I bet you there's a lot of people that need Christ in Balsam Lake. I bet you there's a lot of people that need Christ in Deer Park, New Richmond. Think of any town around here. Amory. What else? Dresser. Amen. Dresser. St. Croix Falls. Keep going north. Keep going east. South. West. I don't care where you go. There's people who need Christ. But I believe our effectiveness comes to where that boldness that I'm desiring comes from staying connected to the vine. Right? Comes from staying in communion with the Holy Spirit and not just fleshing out. I can flesh out with the best of them. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I can go home and sit down and just do nothing. I'm sorry, honey. I'm repenting right now of that. I can go home and just sit down and do nothing. I can see a million things that need to be done, but I just want to do nothing. I'm tired of constantly doing. But even in those situations, am I digging into his strength? Am I digging into his power? Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can change situations at home. If I can't change situations at home, it's hard to change situations out in the world. Right? Like, even in the little things, God is there. In those little moments of, I don't want to do anything. But there's nothing productive that comes out of nothing. Right? I mean, if anything, how about I just sit there and meditate on the word of God? Instead of scrolling through Marketplace to see all these things for sale that I'm not going to buy, but they're great deals. They're great deals. <laughs> I say it because I do it. 
look at that truck. That's a great truck. You know, if I sold my truck, I could buy that truck, and that truck would run. Look at all these agates. That's a beautiful agate. I'd like to have that agate. It's 350 bucks, so I'm not going to have that agate. But I'm just going to keep looking. Why not? Because if I scroll some more, I'll find some more that are really cool and for sale that I'm not going to buy, but it's fun to look at. And boy, 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later, yes, an hour later, Look at these goalie pads. Those goalie pads are so nice. I have a weird thing with hockey goalie pads. I do, I'm sorry. I do, I'm, I'm weird. I can just look at these pads and just, oh man, those are beautiful pads. And they're half the price of something brand new. Hmm, maybe Henry needs an upgrade, I don't know. No. But I can just sit there. That's just me, being honest. I just wasted a lot of time, and I just separated myself from the vine and missed out on opportunities. And I pray that I just continue to learn, and I pray that I continue to grow, because I have discovered that in those opportunities, in that time where I give him time, he speaks. He speaks. He gives me direction. He fills me up with those things I need. We just have good conversations. But I have to die to my flesh that just wants to do nothing and scroll. And I just got to say, no, Lord, I'm going to give this time to you. You know, and I'm not saying hobbies are bad, and I'm not saying, but for me, for me, if my desire is to grow in him, I got to give him time. Like, I, I can't get around that. If my desire is to grow in God, if my desire is to be effective, walk in that power, walk in that authority, I need to give him time. Because I know I need to grow. I do. Now, is he mad if I go golfing every now and again? No, he's not. Is he mad if I go hunting every now and again? No, he's not. It's not this have to thing. It's just I know, and I know those moments where I'm just wasting time. We all know it. I know as soon as I sit down in a certain chair and I pick up my phone, just about to waste some time here. That's just all this is about is wasting time. And the funny thing is, I don't have time to waste. Not in my personal life, not in my spiritual life. I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to waste because I want to do things. I want to see things be done, but are those things more important than just wasting time? Is it worth separating myself from the vine? Is it worth 
separating myself from him working on me, pruning me, helping me grow, flushing out that junk that needs to go so I can move ahead effectively, so we can move ahead effectively. So it says in verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. So I believe that there's a separation in this verse, and this is just me. But I believe as believers, we can wither. We can wither. So for the unbelievers here, yes, this is talking about being separated from God. Separation from God is hell. That's just what it is. Death is separation from God. And I don't care what you call it, what it looks like, it's bad. If it's a lake of fire, that's bad. If it's just being in complete and utter darkness and not hearing from God anymore, that's bad. Right? Separation from God is bad. But as a believer, right, we go back up to verse 2. He wants to pick us up. He wants to support us. But am I giving him time to heal me? And when he asks me to do something along that healing route, am am I stepping that out? Am I following that out? Because if we're not, then yes, we do dry up. We do dry up. We do make this life more difficult on ourselves when we start separating ourselves from the vine. Now, I don't believe I'll say it this way. We'll be very surprised who's in heaven and who's not in heaven. I don't don't know where that line is. I do believe if you accept, if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe in your heart that he died and rose again, you are saved. I believe that. Are people going to walk this life out and struggle after they've said that? Yes. Does that separate them from God? I don't believe so. But it makes this life very, very difficult. And for a lot of them, this life isn't worth living. And I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what kind of abilities you possess. What you own. The places you go. Without God, it's fruitless. Without God, it's fruitless. Imagine taking those abilities, taking that time, taking that money, Connecting yourself to the source and seeing what he does with it. Imagine that. But it's up to us to let people know that there is a source. It's up to us to let people know that, you know what? There is something past here. There is something beyond this life. There's something worth living for. 
And it doesn't matter what you have. I know wealthy people. And without Jesus, they weren't happy. Money is a tool. Money is a tool. It doesn't bring joy. It doesn't bring forgiveness. It doesn't bring salvation. I don't care how much of it you have. If you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. I don't care how much you accumulate in this life. If you don't have Jesus and you're not connected to the source, you have nothing. My desire is for all the source, all that the source can give. That's my desire. All that the source can give. Walking out and living out all that the source can give in this life. We don't have to wait until we step over into the other side. It's available here. It's available now. Do I believe it? Do I receive it? And do I walk it out? You believed enough. You had enough faith to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe. That same faith will get you through that same faith can keep you moving forward. That same faith can bring all of these things. But for some reason, we get saved. And I think a lot of times, we don't have people to come up alongside of us to help. I want to change that. I want this church to have amazing discipleship programs. So when we start bringing in people that we've saved out there, they can grow here and go back out there. That's my heart's desire. We talk about helping the community. This community struggles with drugs. This community struggles with alcohol. This community struggles with any sort of addiction. So why not help with recovery? Why not? Why not bring people here and help them grow? Why not go out there, develop relationships, bring people in and help them grow? Why not? We're connected to the source. Stay connected. Choose to stay connected. Choose to let it feed you. Choose to let him prune you and shape you and help you grow. Choose these things. Because it's in these things where effectiveness comes. It's in these things where that boldness rises up and says, you know what? I got something I can help you with. I got something for you. Amen? We must stay connected to the source. And we can do it. This is not an impossible task. But in my life, it's choices. In everybody else's life, it's choices. What am I putting above that? Stay connected to the source. All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you that in you, we have everything we need. And we don't have to be without you. 
I thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, to work inside of us, to be that comforter, to be that teacher, to be that helper. Father, give us a revelation of the source, of the vine, who you are, how you want to shape us, how you want to prune us so we can be effective. I want to be effective and I want this church to be effective. And Father, it's only through you. Jesus, it's only through you and what you've done. Holy Spirit, it's only through walking in relationship with you. But it's all available. It's all available for each and every one of us and I just thank you that you're revealing it right now in our hearts. I just pray for safety as each and every one of us leave this building today and I pray for opportunities. Opportunities to share your love and your goodness with those around us, to plant seeds for those people who you bring across our path. I just give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.